Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. Sure is. <laughs> Damn. Energy's high. Yeah. Energy's high on the boat. Damn. Uh, yeah, we're coming out shooting. Uh, it's me, Colin. Um, I'm joined here with Greg. Yeah, and... that's Captain Greg to you. God damn it, last episode you said you dropped the captain. I'm trying to be respectful to you, man. I, I was following your orders. Uh, and Just our... love the deck, Colin. Uh, and our uh, great, great friend, Brian Platt. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, that's and our... first mate? I don't know what, oh, other, yeah. what, are, what are other boat titles. Yeah, you definitely outranked well, me. Our whatever, new, our new official co-host. Yeah. <laughs> he has a yeah. permanent invitation to the boat now. Um, mm. So what a, what a mistake on Greg's part. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all cops all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which is, like, is basically life in America. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is also a, a 50% cops podcast and a 50% squatters rights podcast. <laughs> Whoa, I don't... What are, ooh, what, I, what are the squatters rights on a boat? Like, just There's so many empty boats that just people go to twice a year. And people do this. You can mm-hmm. sneak on a boat and live there for like... You know, weeks at least. Um, if, doesn't sound bad. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, you could just leave the dock with it, too, and, like... Mm, never know. come back. No one yeah. would know. Well, if you were on it for, like, weeks, how would anybody know it wasn't your boat? Everybody would just be like, yeah. oh, he's taking his yeah. boat out. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's always a dock master around somewhere who knows, somehow knows everybody. Um, but, you know, you just lay low. and then. Yeah. But if you just take the boat out one yeah. day... Yeah. yeah, nobody would notice. And it's not someone that... Like the dock masters or the other people in the marina know are gonna go like wait they're like out of town they didn't take their boat out like there's yeah. a lot of boats you could take and no one would know for months. Ugh, hot tip, hot tip for the listeners right yeah. here. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of boats that nobody would notice yeah. when they disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, check out in 600 seconds. Uh, <laughs> I, I drove I drove Lyft for 60 hours last week, and it turns out. That though up to about forty five hours, you're because of you have to amortize a bunch of costs over that. Like your hourly rate ends up going up the more you do, and to get like over the Seattle minimum wage of fifteen dollars, you got to put in at least pretty much forty. Forty five, it pretty much tops out at like mm. sixteen bucks an hour. Because after that, I made I did that's the first time I've done sixty full fucking hours. To get all the bonuses for the week, 120 rides, and I got away with like more money than I brought in previous weeks, but at about sixteen and a half dollars an hour. Um, so, but that's below minimum wage ultimately because there's that's. I mean, I'd have to figure that out, but the overtime that would not. That doesn't. Oh, yeah, you're not getting overtime. your time and a half. Yeah. I'm not getting yeah, time and yeah. a half on that twenty well, hours. Well, that's because you're a contractor, yeah. right? Well, yeah, and that you're no, just I, independently controlling your life. You I'm are, an entrepreneur. You're what Jefferson would have. You're Jefferson's yeoman yeah. farmer. It's yeoman like, driver. So you're a yeoman driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeoman cabbie. Yeah. yeah. Up until the weather got warmer, I was dressing like Travis Bickle when I did it. <laughs> that rules. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's too hot for a field jacket at this moment. Though, actually, if I went full mohawk, that yeah. might balance that out. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, anyway, so I'm fucking wiped. Um, I can barely concentrate, so... Uh, that's cool. I turn. I had to turn into. Like, Thanks, that's up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you're hearing that, listener, or you maybe skip to the next episode. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what I'm thinking, Brian. I think this is a perfect time for mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> a true captain's awake at all times. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, 
Swig your sodas and and let's move on. Fine. <laughs> both of my co-hosts are double fisting. Hold on. Leaders of two Hold different on. kinds of soda. There you go. Satisfying. We got Colin doing. I don't. You know. You could just bring one two-liter bottle of Mountain could, Dew and drink that. But they don't actually sell that at the Upper Crest Met Market in Magnolia. Oh, like that's too much? Yeah. Like in Magnolia, mm-hmm. in Magnolia, you only drink, it's just a little treat. Well, or you is, share that with the is, family. This is all you can get. Yeah. yeah. There's no two liters. There's no two. You, so gotta, there's, you gotta go to the QFC for You know, that. that's funny, because at the QFC you can get the two liter. But yeah. you gotta go to a Walmart if you mm-hmm. want the three liter. Yeah, holy yeah. shit! There's a You've never liter? seen a three liter? That's how they used to always have. sell them. Yeah. yeah, it was very weird when I came here and they were all two liters. <laughs> yeah, apparently you go to Walmart, you get the extra liter. I gotta tell you, in the oh, south, I... you always get the extra liter. The three liter is standard. Yeah, that makes total well, sense. Yeah. Hell uh, yeah! Gross. <laughs> and then of course now Brian rocking two liters of cherry coke. Uh, actually, two pints, my friend. Two pints. Ooh, nice. It's pretty uh, close. Not even adding up to one liter combined. Linear. Really? Fucking linear What's conversion. Right, fine, whatever. <laughs> um, they're, they look big. They're tall boys. Whatever that is. They're tall boys. Um, okay. Cool, so. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Should we start over? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, so welcome, Brian. Uh, there's a bunch of policing stuff that's been happening um, it's been just a really wild time, but, uh, could you tell us about the mayor's latest harebrained scheme, uh, <laughs> with respect to policing in some of our fine neighborhoods? I'd love to, Colin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the mayor, uh, to kick off summer is launching a series of what she likes to refer to as emphasis patrols. That is... Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Emphasis patrols. That just bold, italicized. That's underlined. Question mark. That's all. Like that's like. How do you hear? Like that means nothing. (laughs) What emphasis on what, Brian? Emphasis on what? I love to tell you. So (laughs) apparently, uh, the city council was also surprised by this. This apparently was unilaterally done by the mayor. Oh, weird. Uh, And when the city council asked the SPD about it, SPD didn't really have a good reason either why this was happening. Uh, But basically, if you live in a neighborhood with a strong, safe Seattle presence, (laughs) or I don't know, if you're in a neighborhood and you pop onto your next door app, and there's lots of complaints about teens walking in front of your house, uh, then the police are going to be in your neighborhood. So in order to respond to neighborhood associations and uh, businesses, which she's very explicit about, like this is to, you know, for neighborhood association and business groups, um, she is sending extra police out to neighborhoods. When asked about, like, why are you doing this when crime's actually going down in the neighborhoods she's sending them to, uh, she said, well, it's about uh, people's feeling of crime. Oh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so this is progressive. I, I because can't she didn't now, dodge that, though. Now, no, no, not at all. <laughs> well, I, I think what she's saying is, like, listen, we got to shut these people up somehow. Um, is this a charitable reading I'm going to give it? Um, but really, it's a progressive thing, because what, really what she's doing is now these neighborhoods of white homeowners will now be pres- policed at a 
level proportional, proportional to like <laughs> yeah, it's a, lower yeah. income uh, non-white neighborhoods. Yeah, so but, but that it's, we're all equally oppressed now. That policing will not be like mitted out proportionally. Yeah, that is probably true. I <laughs> so just, just a guess. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, uh, that same week. Uh, it came out, uh, a report was given to the judge regarding Seattle's consent decree with the Seattle Police Department, and uh, there was a report on the sort of racial demographics of stops in Seattle, and wouldn't you know it, that uh, when it comes to stopping people and searching them on the street, Seattle PD just has a real uncanny ability <laughs> to find every black person in Seattle to check. And as the report goes on, it's especially strange given that black people are found to have weapons far less than white people in these searches, but Seattle PD still insists on searching black people almost exclusively. Uh, they threw in the little tidbit, too, that when these uh, conflicts on the street escalate and police pull guns out on people, it's almost entirely on black people. Um, oh so These are all so, surprising findings that I find yeah. totally shocking. Exactly. My um, eyes are being opened, Brian. Thank you. So, yeah, and, and, and one thing about this is that uh, if you were to go back and read the 2011 federal investigation of SPD, this is exactly the findings they had. So... Eight years on, after so much hand-wringing and whatever, what we've found is that SPD actually has not changed in any noticeable way. Uh, so but the, cops but, are cops, is Yes, what you're yes, saying. exactly. <laughs> and, but the emphasis patrols, I mean, the importance of this is they're out to go do broken windows policing and go, like, look, basically to kick the homeless off the street yeah. corners. But every encounter these people have with police opens up the opportunity for a tragedy, right? Yeah. For them to, yeah. to seriously hurt somebody or kill mm -hmm. somebody. And, uh, and we know who they target now. We actually, I mean, none of these are unknowns. And well, they're not going to be anyways, targeting so. the homeowning residents. So no. that's going to make no. all mm -hmm. their time available to fuck with. Like five people, probably. Right, right, it's exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, so I've been out driving Lyft. Yeah. And until Brian told us about this today, I was very confused about what I've been seeing in those neighborhoods. Saw the coppers. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Uh, in two instances, um... Once, at the top of Queen Anne, on Queen Anne, where it doglegs, um, yeah. you know, I don't know, like, there was, I had to drive around it, because, <laughs> yeah. that dogleg there, because, there, and I saw, I saw, I saw it from two sides, because uh -huh. I drove around it, but I had to go around the block, and it was clearly just, like, a fender bender, like, uh, there was mm -hmm. an accident, this would look like, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was a gun battle that I don't know about. <laughs> uh, I, that, I, you a classic Seattle gun battle. Um, yeah. But what it looked like was an, an accident. And I have... Just, that's it. And the cars were off on the side of the road. Actually, a bus might have been involved in this one. Because there was a bus around. I don't know. Mm. But the Queen Anne Avenue, in the middle of the like, afternoon, late afternoon, mm -hmm. was police taped off. Mm -hmm. For an entire block, and there were seven police cars yeah. just everywhere. Oh, you know traffic. what? Shit. I actually know what happened. What? I saw a tweet <laughs> about this. A, a Mercedes, it looked like, at least if the picture was from the scene, hit some pedestrians. So that's that's probably what it was. Ugh, that yeah. sucks. Even so, there were... A lot of cops. There, yeah. there were seven cruisers. Yeah. Of course, yeah. they're new, like... It's really like 
a suburban like mom car, but it's closer than a Crown Vic to a Hummer. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah. Than their yeah. new explore their new explorers in Midnight Blue. By the way, yeah, yeah. They decided when they went to get new cars, they're gonna change from the classic uh, Ford color of mm. the like uh, spar like metal flake yeah. uh, sky like, blue yeah. that mm. makes made Seattle police cars look comparatively tame. Compared to like, mm. like black and whites, you know, in like right. LA County or something, right. which look absolutely oh. militaristic. They look like orca whales. Yeah, <laughs> okay. apex predators. <laughs> I know those big numbers on them, and like they, yeah. they they're terrifying. But now they're like, no, we want something. We want to be tougher. So they have yeah. their Ford Explorers because they don't want to roll around focuses apparently. Yeah. Um, and in midnight blue. Um, anyway, this this is a tangent. But okay, there were se there were seven cruisers. Yeah. yeah. And same thing. On off Dravis in Inner Bay, there was what was looked like just a fender bender pulled yeah. off to the side of the road, not on Dravis, just by yeah. the QFC, uh -huh. um, on whatever road is like to the west of the QFC, um, yeah. and again blocked off. Time to get out the tape, yeah, and block off the road, and they're literally just surrounded by seven or eight cruisers. Yeah, we have. Um too many police officers. No, 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 I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard tell many times yeah. that we're we're it's like short. short it's an like, extinction event. We're yeah. right, living no, we're like down like a thousand police officers. Yeah, or yeah but there's fifty at every event. But yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I, and I think that this story. I think it's interesting about it is it's clearly like it could not be more clear that this is to appease safe Seattle, right? And yeah, they completely circumvented the homeowner class. Yeah, and they completely circumvented the city council, who safe Seattle is convinced is like the common turn. And uh, so you know, Mike O'Brien, who safe Seattle hates specifically, yeah. was like, you know, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you doing this? Because he laughed at that lady. Uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> Lorena Gonzalez basically uh, sent like a list of questions to Dirk and like being like, why are you doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you know, into the the Seattle Times credit, they actually like asked her like, you know, crimes down in all these neighborhoods. Like, why do this? You know, which her response it was, she told him the data quoting the data. Tells you one thing, but then you go and walk the neighborhood and you talk to people. <laughs> so, what the fuck? A thing she's definitely done. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and uh, you know, talking with other people associated with this, you know, they say, you know, however, if you go to those neighborhoods and talk to citizens, you know, that's not the perception they have that no. crime is down, right? What so this is just it? indulging their fantasies <laughs> of. What uh, she means is you crime. watch Safe Seattle, yeah, and you hear the cranks in it talking about how mm. they feel about their neighborhood, and yeah. then you give away the frame. This is what we talked yes, about when she it's did. Exactly. Yeah. So this is her. This is the. Yeah. This narrative of. Seattle police are not being allowed to do their jobs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the mayor going, gosh, you're right. Um, Well, here here they are. Here's the cops <laughs> yeah. doing their jobs in your neighborhood really visibly. Well, and the, and the SPD's assistant chief said, a decision was made to see what we can do to drive some of the crime numbers down, but also to reduce the fear of crime, which the crux of this is, you can't reduce the fear of crime in these right. like middle class homeowners' yeah. heads. Like because it, it's this bug that lives in their brain that like a person that isn't exactly like them exists on the planet. You know? There's always there's more yeah. security people can have. Like if that bug this yeah, this brain disease is so strong that is the more money people have to secure themselves, the more they will spend. They could some these people would all love to move into gated communities yeah. with full time yeah. 
patrols. Yeah, if they could, they'd have like, a bug out location. I they, mean. they, they, and a, you know, a moat with yep. like um, machine gun nests yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, and in the real at the end of the article in the last two paragraphs, they really hint at what this is actually about too, mm-hmm. which is the police chief, you know, emphasizes that this. The emphasis program is separate from the programs for cleaning out homeless encampments, mm. but then says, yeah, but there might be some overlap. <laughs> so, this is to clear out the homeless encampments, yeah. right? I mean, that, there's like no, if anybody, they're getting rid of the homeless. And again, you know, the, the danger of these people coming into contact with the police shows up again and again from John T. Williams, who was murdered by right. a Seattle police officer during rush hour, uh, as he is crossing the street, uh, and two years ago, during the cleanup of an encampment in uh, on the in downtown Seattle, a police officer shot somebody during the cleanout of the yeah, encampment and yeah. killed them. So you know these aren't, you know, well, it's not a small thing to put police in contact with these communities because right. the police hurt them, well, and, and kill them. If this, if Durkin's serious about allaying these people's fears, right? That is what it will, it will take. What they want is yes. for. All of the homeless people living on the sidewalks and cramming themselves into the the negative space of the Ballard neighborhood, Mm. you know, uh, they want them gone. They want them Mm. rounded up and tossed the fuck out. Out or in. One of the... Out of the city or into prison. One of those. Um, And this... It just sounds like, obviously, that's where this is going. Like, this is the first, like toe to like the first tippy toe like in the water of reversing the current policy of like a like kind of de-escalation against policing homeless people yeah and allowing in some allowing some people to fucking exist in the city where since we're not there's no other fucking way for them to live allowing them to live in some of these places even though we've always been the city's always been clearing out some of these encampments um but presumably there's some internal logic to which ones and when, but like largely there are lots of people um, living in certain places uh, mm-hmm. on the street. And, you know, safe Seattle people are not wrong that the police have not been, are not like just out in force, like mm-hmm. cleaning yeah. the street every day, yeah. making sure yeah. this can't happen. They're right about that. And thank God, but if this sound this sounds like the first step toward that. Well, I think you're yeah. I think you're right because the only thing that can happen here is escalation. Because, well, that's it. That's what this is. Well, well completely emphasis. because <laughs> because it's not going to solve this problem. And yeah. if it doesn't solve the problem, then these people will think that we need more police. Yeah. It, well, and this is what the council election obviously is going to be about this time around, which is a more militaristic response to the homeless. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not going to solve the problem. I mean, it was interesting. I, call it, I think you had, like, drawn our attention to that Safe Seattle post oh, okay. where somebody from Safe Seattle was like, I went and talked to the homeless today. Yeah. And he brings up these three guys they talked to, and he mentions that, like, two of them had jobs or whatever. And the people on, on the Facebook, on the Safe Seattle Facebook page, were, like, in full meltdown at that very concept that a homeless person would have a job. Yeah, they were disgusted like, that... There might be a sous chef that didn't have a home that was cooking their yeah. meal. Well, one, like, they, they live in this fantasy world that, you know, that everybody's homeless doesn't work. Yeah. Like, actually, yeah. like, a large number of the homeless of do, do work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that was obviously, like, they could their brains couldn't handle that kind of, <laughs> yeah. like, you know. And at the same time, too, their instant response was, well, that guy should be fired for being yeah. homeless. Which shows you, too, 
how they see the homeless, which they see them as bugs. Like they, they're like, they don't see them as human beings who are down on their luck or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or who, see them should, as who could get back on their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. see like, them oh, as a, not saying, oh, the, even if you think most of them aren't working, you could go. And when you're confronted with the reality of one individual mm-hmm. with a job, you could go, well, good for him. I hope that gets him off the street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the response wasn't like, wow, that's fucked up that you could have a job here and not be able to, like, live in a house. Yeah, yeah uh, that's and be really on the fucking weird. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the response was, they should fire that guy since he's homeless. Yeah, because there's yeah. no way he could be clean. It's impossible for him to be clean yeah. enough. To be cooking my food. Although, ironically, I loved all the service workers that responded really like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. wow, you should never go into the back of a kitchen. <laughs> like, ever. You can be real surprised about who works back there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, restaurants yeah. aren't for the, uh... I think Germophobe. they, yeah, they all think it's uh, prim and proper, like uh, charm school graduates or something. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like well, I, I think you'd be real surprised about who works in restaurants. But yeah. totally. Also, if you're that kind of person who's like that person should be fired for being mm. homeless, you have, you have, like, given off that same vibe to service workers <laughs> oh, in sure. other ways, and they have literally shit in your food. Oh yeah, like, yeah, you. Like, you have eaten a startling amount of like pubic hair in <laughs> and, human feces, and just like, like, like yeah, yeah, they are yeah. stirring your fucking soup with the fingers that were in their own ass. That's, yeah, <laughs> because that's how she likes it. Yeah, yeah. because uh, because you were that person in that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. it's like, a, it, <laughs> I mean, to get to get off of that for a second, but but I mean to get back to this, you know, I I think that the thing has to be understood about uh, Mayor Jenny pursuing this too is that. The thing that we don't talk about all that much is that Jane is one of the richest people in the city. Yeah. She's extremely yeah. wealthy. So this is her goal, too. Like, the extermination of the homeless has got to be, like, number one on her list, to-do list. Yeah, because it's the and, most embarrassing thing, probably, yeah. to her administration. Right, and that's yeah. how... Well, when that's she has how, home values she wants protected, yeah. and the no, multiple home values she wants protected. I mean, yeah. I'm sure being yeah. a liberal... A big city liberal, she wouldn't think that she thinks about it that way. But oh, she, sure. Yeah, she yeah. would think about it like, like, this is an embarrassment to the city. This right. isn't the city that we can be. We're a world know? class city. Exactly. Yeah, not yeah. Shit not like that. Slum, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. The, the NHL team is going to be so embarrassed when they see this. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she, like, justifies it in her own mind in some insane way, but the yeah. problem is the end result's always the same, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Fascism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> the new liberal fascism. Yeah. <laughs> so and I mean, and it, it is kind of astonishing to hear the city council basically come out and be, it'd be like, you know, this is fucking crazy. What's happening? Yeah. Well, you know, um, that makes and not me, just roll with it. Makes me is, wonder if this is retaliation for them um, not confirming her pick for human resources yeah. executive. Like she wrote a pretty scathing mm-hmm. memo to them, basically saying, "Fuck you, you fucked me." Yeah. I'm just gonna uh, the let... word process was thrown it around was. in scare yeah. quotes. Whatever process that mm-hmm. you are using, yeah, which is well, hilarious. And a clear schism has been driven between yeah. the mayor and the council, and the mayor is clearly trying to pull like the reactionary elements of the city under, yeah. which makes sense because she's a fucking cop. So like, of course, <laughs> yeah, like she instinctively she like grabs the most reactionary people she can find, <laughs> and the cops, like, yeah, and the to cops. To her, right. the cop, she well, has been like. It, yeah, and I think we talked about this a little bit. Like, Mayor Durkin, like, her name in this city, when she was a U.S. attorney here in this district, 
she protected the police during this investigation yeah. the entire time. That the has consent been, decree investigation. Yeah, during yeah. the consent decree, her job has been protecting the SPD the entire time yeah. and throwing people under the bus, the mayor at the time, Mike McGann in particular, but... Like, she has been their knight in shining armor who has constantly given them cover, yeah. constantly hid things, constantly covered for them. And it's, you know, I, so it's not shocking to see this alignment, but, um... Oh, she is, she's a cop. She's a prosecutor. She's a cop, yeah. So, I mean... Well... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know... Yeah, well... Gotta love it. Well, that's Eric, all gonna be interesting. Erica C. Barnett uh, brought up that there have been several shootings, too, in the Central District... Which makes this whole emphasis policing seem pretty farcical, mm-hmm. like extra farcical. If you have real violent crime, that maybe is uh, an aberration or spiking, and you're you're choosing to put policing in these places where maybe somebody's having their car pissed on or something well, stupid like that. I mean, getting into the you know, I think you're you can't like. Uh, there's no logical policies in fascism. Okay, right. so like, because what's the what's the right answer there? More cops in the central district? No, <laughs> like no. cops are are bad. So, I, I, it does it doesn't have to make sense. Like, just sure. it's all it's all bullshit. So it's all just yeah like, reactionary. Yeah. No, that that's fair. And, bullshit. And the people that want the police in their neighborhoods don't give a shit about violence mm-hmm. in the central district. Like they yeah. don't. Well, as long as it doesn't show up where they they are. They don't care about that. Yeah, Yeah, and and I think, too, this is basically... I mean, this is, like, counterinsurgency tactics, too, right? You flood an area with police, right? You have these wealthy people who want the area. They're winning hearts and minds in white Seattle. Yeah, you flood the area with police, and then you, as they talk about in this, you have the police, like... you, You attach all services in the area to the police, right? And yeah, that's how you win the hearts and minds and all that kind of stuff. And then and, you, I mean, I mean, this is like literally straight out of uh, the Vietnam Af- War, which well, went great. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in uh, Afghanistan when yeah. you know they're gonna go, the cops are gonna go and talk to people in these neighborhoods, and they're gonna go like they're gonna point war, like a man walking down the street with worn shoes and like be like, mm-hmm. he is a terrorist, yeah. or like he's Taliban. he's with the Taliban. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Like. Well, you know, over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like going into Fallujah, like when Donald Rumsfeld yeah. told that every kid under t- over ten as a as a militant, right? Holy I mean, shit. this is the same. You know, I mean, it's not going to be at that level of violence, but yeah. the logic is the same. If you go into the neighborhood, and you have a list of people who don't belong, right? Yeah. And so you you flood it with police to remove those people. Then you create a network of informants in the neighborhood, which is all your community police relations, yeah. to hold the neighborhood afterwards. So that once you pull the soldiers back from the surge to surge in another neighborhood, you have all that like network now that's built up that allow you to you know keep the uh, you know elements from returning. Now keep in mind. This never fucking worked for the U.S. abroad, but, you know, and it's never worked here either. Like, it's never worked domestically either, but, I mean, that's the model. Um, It worked uh, to some, like, to some degree in the Philippines, um, (laughs) where... In 1898, when they just killed everybody? The level of of violence and torture was, like... A truly unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it turns out you can't kill whole towns, and then the know. town is not a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, well, when they're not, not, when you see, <laughs> that's the difference. That that's what the, that's, and they, so they tried that in Vietnam too. It didn't mm-hmm. work ultimately because, uh, for yeah. political reasons. I mean, I think 
mm. you know, the Vietnamese people had an antidote to that, which was solidarity. Yeah. And, a, yeah. and, an, and an un, they were politically educated to what was happening around them. You know? Yeah, yeah, they had politics, right? Um, in, in urban areas, the, I mean, the reason why, I mean, the NYPD were the first to really start using this tactic to try and retake Manhattan, and which they ultimately did, but at the same time, like, those elements of poverty and stuff they sought to wipe out still all exist because the city constantly creates them, right? The wealthy live in this illusionary world that, like, the homeless, A, choose to be homeless, B, aren't from here. <laughs> and aren't working. Yeah, yeah, yeah aren't working. And, are on drugs. Yeah, and that if you got rid of them, then that would be that. Like, right? But the problem is, is that you get rid of them and you just create another class of homeless people yeah. that will follow immediately. So even if you did what Safe Seattle wanted and you put them in a concentration camp on McNeil Island or just <laughs> fucking dumped them in the ocean, which I think is what they really want, yeah, there would be a whole new class of homeless people being built over time and in 10 years it would look exactly the same because the city is constantly creating them, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and that the urban environment creates them, mm -hmm. right? And that's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah well okay so um this has all been fun uh it'll continue to be fun there'll yeah. be endless <laughs> stories about this back with you next week to talk about the next yeah. horrible fucking thing yeah. yeah uh the the first the next homeless person that gets like riddled with bullets by spd or something yeah. when something goes wrong with this strategy um well luckily there's other lighthearted stories in the news yeah right? yeah <laughs> sure enough yeah. What, what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about um, somebody we don't know very well, like a like what do you call that? Like stranger. The <laughs> <laughs> stranger. A stranger approaches. A paper I've read for over fifteen years, including when I lived in Los Angeles. Uh, a cultural mainstay, a an institution of this town. An alt-weekly that uh, has influence uh, nationally, even. And it has produced, like, uh, legitimately good reporters. And, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And unlike most cities' alt-weeklies that, like, literally only do the arts and entertainment beat, like, actually did real coverage. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. You know, did real coverage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, you know, part... Yeah, I think we've, we've talked about it before. The, it's just it's going downhill in lots of ways. Part of that is economics, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. this business, like whatever. There, there, and there are still good people there doing good work. Um, you know, we've had sure. Katie Herzog, number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rich Smith, who covers yeah. all politics, local, state, federal, yeah. global. Yeah, and actually um, good. Not do not associate with Katie Herzog. Yeah. Actually good. He's 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 great. We've had him on the show. Yeah, he's um, fantastic. Uh, Charles Medidi still has a signature there where, from which he can crank out the only unique takes on the entire internet, much less in, like, Seattle media. Um, the only truly... Uh, the only takes you will literally not read from anyone else. Um, there's, there's literally no one else that's true of. Um, he's amazing. Um, but, man... Uh, and I've said this probably on the podcast, but certainly to a lot of other people... Dan Savage, who has... He went national a long time ago. Um, I mean, his Savage Love column's been syndicated nationally forever. And he's been, you know... He has been hugely influential in, like, a new kind of, quote, sex-positive dialogue on 
talking about fucking in uh, new and exciting ways. I think I think his his work on that has been positive and on and uh, you know uh, in in all its facets, um, largely. Um, I'm sure there are uh, subtler minds who would have even critiques about uh, some of that too. But like you know, I've enjoyed that column for example for many years but like his opinions on literally everything else <laughs> are absolute fucking shit uh and that's a good uh that's a good a inroad intro. into understanding the stranger because he um rose to be editor of that paper um and now he's back as the um i forget his actual title the like um Executive editor or something, yeah, something like that. Well, he's clearly the the heavyweight at the stranger. He's the yeah. one with the national, you know, following. He's the, you know, if somebody's throwing weight around the office, yeah, it's him. Yeah, yeah. Which luckily sure. he's never done it for anything bad. <laughs> hey, Colin, what's going on over there? <laughs> well, let's yeah. let's prime this a little bit more. Like just to, to yeah. reiterate, like we've said this before, but like yeah. he's, um, ev- I mean, everything, every dumb. Big city liberal shithead thing of the last twenty years, like Dan Savage has like had a minor national platform for. He's a he was a big mm-hmm. Iraq war booster, famously. That's the thing people like unfairly still level at him to this day because it's mm-hmm. literally the worst thing you could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. He's um uh and he's you know like like even most Republicans walked that back, of course and. But big fucking deal. And now today, he's of course he's a big like Russiagate obsessive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, on on their podcast that he is on some of the time, um, you know that's what they have him on to talk about is getting in on the Trump stuff and like you know the big Cheeto and whatever. Well, he's that special kind of rich that like what passes for politics is like Robert Ludlum style fantasies that racism was invented in 2016 <laughs> yeah. and that. What a shock that America would elect a big dumb celebrity to yeah. be president, because uh, that's definitely never happened before. Yeah. It, you know, um, the America that would say invade a country that had that did not attack it out of basically just jingoism and Islamophobia, like sure. that well, country yeah. and well, opportunity. Yeah, and like, could you imagine a guy like Donald Trump getting elected? Because that definitely didn't happen. Exactly, this happened in 1980. <laughs> like the most popular president in America is definitely not a big, dumb fucking actor who got elected for being the most racist guy available. And he also uh, very similarly had dementia. (laughs) Yeah, also was sundowning (laughs) during his fucking presidency. Like, like we literally have had this president before. I don't know why everybody acts like this is a new thing. Like, like this exact fucking guy existed. I mean, arguably Trump has more charisma than Reagan ever did. Yeah. But, um... But you more, know. he has a more like hard strain of charisma. He has <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's it's like the black tar. Shit. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He, oh yeah, he's yeah. the like, American id, really. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Reagan's folksy charm took him a long way. His phony mm-hmm. folksy charm, but mm-hmm. like uh, Dan, that's Dan Savage. Like, you know, we're not gonna like litigate everything he's ever said because we don't have to because no. he if there's this one particular uh, example recently that illustrates a lot about the man yeah so i I, i'll just add one tiny thing before getting into this he kind of came under fire earlier last month uh, in april 
for that in that Vanity Fair piece with Barry Weiss because he went out of his way to say I'm friends with Barry and we don't agree on everything but hey who can't you say that about first off support that Iraq war I'll forgive you friends with Barry Weiss yeah, you're canceled you're yeah. dead, you are <laughs> dead. dead. But that's, yeah, this just tells you so much about Dan Savage yeah. that that he is what he sees himself as, what he wants to be, what he's always wanted to be, and what he has made himself is a media maven. Like, mm-hmm. he wants to be of the intellectual media journalism class, and all he cares about is knowing and respecting those people. My God, this one episode of Blabbermouth I listened to, he's, like, about to, like, slightly, barely, like, criticize something he read in the New York Times, and and it wasn't really anything but he had to preface it with and and let me just say i love the new york times mm-hmm. i read it every day i've read it every day for 25 years uh, and he was serious yeah. and you go like oh he reads that fuck in front to cover every day and that's why he has just the same new york liberal shithead opinion on everything mm-hmm. and what you know it's like he's just he's just kind of a dullard who like knows a lot about dick um, and dick about anything else. And he just takes it from people like Barry Weiss. Oof. Man, brutal. So why are we talking about him right now? Well, you may remember, it was probably about a year ago, uh, there's a little little kerfuffle with Dave Minert, the big res- restaurateur. Restaurant restaurants. mogul, yeah. Um, yeah uh, five point. Colonizer... A gentrifier yeah. uh, of the 90s yeah opportunist but so his his name kind of came up again because this past week uh or at least the weekend uh of cinco de mayo crosscut fest occurred and there was a panel that included sydney brownstone um formerly of the stranger formerly yeah. of the stranger actual and, good journalist yeah fantastic yeah. journalist she landed at um kuow where she is doing doing great work and um, and, and the first story she published there was well, this Dave Miner thing. Yeah. Right? So what came out in this panel, uh, which did I mention it was it's a was focused on me me too the me too movement, mm-hmm. uh, was that she broke a story about music and nightlife mogul Dave Miner. She says there has to be trust between a reporter and institution. Well, tell us first about what that story is. Like, well, the story she broke the, a year ago. Yeah. Was the scandal that he was forcing himself on women yeah. um some pretty extreme sexual harassment yeah, leading to yeah. leading towards assault yeah well yeah, yeah. improper in, in years like, and with lots of people lots of rumors for years yeah and more people came a few people came forward yeah enough that it was not uh <laughs> there, there was yeah. a lot of smoke oh totally so she came she came with the story and so she said there has to be trust between a reporter and institution. My trust was already on shaky ground. My publisher came to me to say Minert wanted to have lunch with him. So this was before, obviously, she could break the story. She ended up leaving to go to KUOW where she broke this story and where that story kind of took on a life of its own with more reports coming out, as we just mentioned. I mean, to me, so the, the piece that he wrote was basically after she went to KUOW and published that, he came out in a piece covering his ass 
by saying, listen, I was, I've been a friend with Dave Minert for a long time. This isn't the Dave that I knew. I wouldn't have guessed this ever happened. That kind of thing. He wasn't like, he was not so much defending him as covering his own ass for not having, for because they are, they have been, everyone knows they have been tight for a long time. They're part of this like Capitol Hill, Mm -hmm. um, you know, investor class. So the story came out, and he was covering his ass, saying, like... Because basically, the obvious question is, like, why hasn't this story come out before? If there are all these rumors around, how does how, how does the stranger that's deep in that world, including Dan himself, not ever looked into this or published it? And that, that well, begs the question, that, like, going are, back years. Yeah. That begs the question, going back, why wasn't this story in The Stranger years ago? How did mm-hmm. you not know about it? And this is Dan coming out going, like immediately covering his tracks going like i just had no idea and i'm shocked by it and disgusted what we heard rumors about at the time and now what sydney brownstone seemed to be seems to be indicating here is is evidence that it's not quite that simple so should we give the the long and the short of it that sydney wanted to write this piece and dan wanted to kill it yeah and that that seems to be the long and the short of it and that that begs the question, yeah, as you brought up, if people had known about this forever, you know, was there times in the past that people wanted to cover it and he stopped it or whatever, yeah. but who knows? That's, these are obvious But questions. he certainly wanted to kill it this time. Or um, at least, or at least Presh dragged his feet. Instead of her having support from mm-hmm. the paper and it being interested in really get, like, getting to the bottom of something, it was a slow, it was a, like, Dan was... And maybe other people there. Who knows? We're we're about dragging dragging their feet on it and yeah. waiting till they really had it, seeing if they really had to publish something. You know. Yeah. Well, it's important to note that basically her getting the story published coincides with her leaving the stranger yeah. as yeah. well. So I mean, it's one of those things that's like putting the pieces together. Yeah. Obviously, the stranger was hostile to. Yeah, story. and that's the same time to the that... point of forcing a talented reporter yeah. to leave. Yeah, and maybe more than one. Because this is what she's <laughs> saying. She says she didn't trust the stranger with the story. Exactly, and and up to up until so she had to this... find another job to publish it, basically. And up until this weekend, that had, as far as I know, that had never publicly been corroborated. That was merely it was conjecture, rumor. Yeah. rumor. But um, David Croman of Crosscut would go on to tweet about that panel as well and say the most interesting revelation so far Sydney's comments on her not trusting the stranger with the Dave Minert story which eventually published in KUOW which I mean as far as I can tell means this was the confirmation that there was yeah. there, yeah, there, there was were butting heads um, that I mean that she quit over it and that, yeah. which that she literally got to a point where she didn't want to publish the story in the stranger yeah. and that this was and you got to imagine that this was not the fr- that this wasn't if this couldn't be resolved if these were like irreconcilable differences like this isn't mm-hmm. the first like like she said she was her trust was thin with the yeah. stranger anyway yeah. and we don't know to what degree this is connected but um, Heidi Groover left at the same time yeah yeah she not long so after. it it the timeline yeah. <laughs> is basically like Brownstone had this story that didn't get published in the stranger for about a month. At the end of which she announced she had a new job and left the stranger, and then immediately the story came out. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like, and at the same time Heidi Groover also pieced out. So it seems like mm-hmm. they were like 
fuck this, started looking for other jobs, got them, and then, and left. Um, and because of this being the last straw of, like, trying to do journalism at The Stranger. Yeah. Um... Kylie Groover, another yeah, know, actually, good, good yeah, reporter. actually good journalist. Yeah, this is just from conjecture this about yeah. her. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, we, we just know, know that that it happened at the same time. Yeah, she yeah. just left literally at, at yeah, her, almost exactly the same time. Yeah, her and Sydney Rouse are obviously good friends and used right, to have a yes. fantastic podcast. Yeah. Yes. I should go try and find. Yeah. But but yeah, the you know, I mean, at some point, like again, the smoke is pretty heavy. Yeah, in yeah, that area, yeah right? totally. And uh, and yeah, and so the stranger loses two good reporters and is left with not a lot because the bullpen's pretty empty because mm-hmm. they've let people go over money issues in the past and things like that um i know dominic dominic holden was allowed to leave because of money issues and things like that wow. and another yeah. actual good reporter who yeah took off yeah well and they're back i mean they're back at it now this this weekend no reprieve for them mm-hmm. there was another me too moment yeah uh with a journalist that we have mentioned on this show, Mike Rosenberg of the Times uh, made a tiny little faux pas, <laughs> uh, just a little minor impropriety. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen this by now, but he's been suspended and for good reason um, for basically being lewd to a, another reporter online. Um, and then sort a, of offering, offering her a thousand dollars to yeah, a charity to just make it all go away. Yeah. Uh, it, it's more, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's sleazy and pathetic. It's and extremely pathetic. Sure. And it's very disheartening because he was doing good work, but yeah, it's like, he was, he's part of sucks, the man, team. Like, he's one of the main people on the like home, homeless, ha- ho- the housing team housing, yeah. at mm-hmm. Seattle Times, which is doing, because they're focused, they have like a beat that they're focused on, which is like rare in mm-hmm. newspapers. This not, they're like, they're basically experts on the issue and they're reporting and he's one, like doing, he does really good work. He's a great, he's had a great Twitter feed too. Yeah, like, he has. Yeah. That just fucking sucks that he, you know, turns out, to be a creep, a sex be a fucking... <laughs> 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 oh, it's so gross. Yeah, yeah it's, and... it's extremely disgusting. Yeah, and, and to be clear, if you haven't seen the tweets, that basically he's talking to this woman who is like an independent journalist. Yeah, I think it's safe to say implies that he could help her with her career before then saying, or at least some... flatters that he, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in before then saying some rather disgusting shit to her. The sad part is, it seems like that's not uncommon. Yeah. yeah, in journalism, yeah. right? Right. Well, it's yeah. like what you were saying is like so many in this dog shit economy. Mm-hmm. So many, th- any job you would actually want to do, mm-hmm. like an ambitious, like thoughtful person would actually want to do, is now like part of the desire economy, <laughs> and that that is inevitably a yeah. venue for this kind of uh, sexual harassment, if not worse. Yeah. Just like basically, basically being a journalist is like wanting to be a journalist now is like wanting to be an actor. Yeah, like, yeah. there's this only the, room for a few people. The casting couch, and this is like, and he, I mean, yeah, yeah, casting couch. Of course, yeah. this is someone who had no power probably to help her career, but that's not what it's about. He's like, he's yeah, trying, yeah. he's trying a lame tactic. Like it was yeah. never gonna work. Also, yeah, yeah, and I mean the tactic fell on its face, and she published it. So yeah. that's both funny and sad. But, you know, I mean, has it worked in the past? Who knows, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, 
the thing. Or have people at least gotten away with like yeah. just acting like that and get even if you know what didn't get any, beyond that yeah. like. Well, and it shows how the like the power differences you know under capitalism, right? Yeah. How those power differences set people up to be victimized, right? Yeah. Uh, they set people up for these kind of situations, right? Because where someone with even just a tiny bit more power than you can yep. seem can mm-hmm. have can feel like they can use that power, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that it's misplaced or not, like even just practically, he had that he had that feeling at least in that moment, like he could use that <laughs> tiny tiny bit of greater power he had in that situation mm-hmm. to be a creep, um, and you know then gets probably gets worse from there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this story had sort of amazing to me legs because it it was totally coast to coast because this this Mm -hmm. writer talia jane uh is her name she's based out of of new york city uh and so like twitter in seattle twitter media twitter in new york everyone's been talking about this yeah they're both reporters Um, you know that like if we know anything about reporters it's that they really can only identify with their own kind um, yeah. So, yeah. There are a lot of other people out there being yeah. uh, harassed and abused that did, doesn't get this kind of coverage. But. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this this has also, I think, gained some some traction just from the power of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Talia also being a reporter, like wrote about it very well on Twitter and yeah. like laid out this very kind of elaborate trap form essentially on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Um, that is like entertaining to follow. I mean, yeah. it, the story sort of like writes itself in a lot of ways. Um, so I think it caught on for all those reasons. Definitely. That, and I think that she posted the receipts, which were pretty, <laughs> you know, awful to read. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that little bit of schadenfreude of watching this guy get, uh, you know, screwed over. Right? Yeah. 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 First off, do these people not understand that when you do things online that that exists forever? That can be like yeah. screencasts and like, like posts. I don't understand this. Well, this and, is the craziest thing. R- totally, and that's why like, it, it feels like it has to be intentional, or as we'll get into, an accident. <laughs> in scare quotes. Every second that passes by that Mike is not showing anything, I think is proof that it's not oh, an accident. No, yeah, yeah, like, no, I, mean, sure. I agree. And the reaction <laughs> afterwards is pretty And telling. this will come yeah. up. This will come this up. This will come up. Okay, yeah. so, like, really, th- it's just a, a gross story that sucks in all ways. Yeah, it sucks for but everybody. the it's reason we want to talk about it, because we're still on the theme of how much The Stranger <laughs> just... Well, Whenever there's a gross story, a person from The Strangers swoops in. A very, a very <laughs> certain person. To, An individual swoops in. To, to find, to, to clarify, to look into the orb of truth and and meet out, you know, judgment on either side and yet somehow still find a contrarian position on literally everything <laughs> um, and, and just find a way to ask us about everything. Like, do we really know the truth of... And it's like... You know, I, the obvious response is, well, do the fucking reporting, Katie. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you didn't put that together, we're talking about the old the old Herzog. Mm-hmm. She uh, ate some more shoe this weekend. Um, being the uh, clickbait queen, she quickly put something out to kind of loosely describe this this. Tra- the transcript that occurred in the DMs, and then basically to spend the latter half of her piece talking about 
how doing a thought experiment. How we don't really know any of the the the, the, the details of this. We don't know that. <laughs> It really could have been an accident. We don't or... know what preceded the text we saw. We mm. uh, we don't... It could be an accident. I've talked to people I know who've accidentally texted people things that weren't meant for them. A list of hypotheticals, Yeah, basically. and the thing is, is there is... We, we know this. There is no way to find any of this information out, right? No, it's just... <laughs> a, oh, wait. So, uh, so the woman, Talia, she... Uh, has been pretty active on Twitter since this occurred, and Erica C. Barnett was, and many other folks were taking Katie to task today for this uh, this particular it's piece. This dog shit article. Yeah, mm. even Goldie calling her like essentially brain dead. Um, who was who worked at the stranger? Who worked at for the stranger? Yeah. And so she says, "Well, yeah, I mean, these are all questions, but I could have answered them if you just." fucking ask me it's called reporting it's called reporting <laughs> yeah, yeah. but this is katie herzog yeah. it's not about that it's about in the moment it is it's clickbait and it, yeah. this is her clickbait beat she's like but what if everything and yeah. what she doesn't get is that at the end of the day she's just by doing that all she's doing is looking like an idiot and an asshole <laughs> who's standing mm-hmm. for creeps and right fascists yeah. like it, yes it, if you really if you Get in it with her and pick apart and try to get onto her level. No, of course that's not what she's doing. No, you know she's not a right winger. Like she's a, like a epistemology junkie mm-hmm. who just doesn't want us all to jump to conclusions. Yeah. And it's like the the whole thing, the whole piece. Which I don't know. Maybe we should read a couple of choice quotes from. It just adds up to zero. She says nothing, but that's how little she says while still just being stupid and offensive that it went, like, that. her fucking piece went fucking national with people dragging it, and, like, it's it's utterly pointless. Like, she says nothing in it that adds to anything, except just, like, maybe, you know, maybe it didn't happen. (laughs) And then she's like... She's like, yeah, they were probably right for all these reasons to suspend him and then to find out and investigate the truth mm-hmm. of it all. Again, like yeah. she could have. But, you know, she tries to add, she tries to find the contrarian position of like, well, do we really want our bosses being the people who yeah. who litigate this stuff that happens outside of work? And it's like, that could even be an, a good point or an interesting question but she goes nowhere with it. There's no analysis. No, you're just supposed to get the points for raising the question at all. With right. Mm-hmm. That's she's she's well, just well, the take a stand on. I'm just asking questions. She takes a stand on nothing yeah. in it. Yeah. She she's I'm just asking questions. She's not asking questions of any of the people involved. Mm-hmm. She's just asking questions of us all about our feelings about mm-hmm. it all. No, she's the she's the Joe Rogan of journalism, and that she's just asking questions and just you know doing this clickbaity contrarian bullshit and uh i look forward to her turn to the alt-right just like joe's <laughs> but, uh, but you know yeah. she's already best friends with jordan peterson so she's halfway there yeah but yeah. uh but yeah i mean it's it's crazy and you're right like i mean she raises the point of like should your boss be the arbiter of you know like what you do in your home life which is absolutely a good point for any case that isn't this one where he's specifically leveraging his job to yeah. abuse somebody yeah. like <laughs> right so it's like you chose like the worst possible case of course she like, has this like, contrary take on that too where yeah. she's like well 
she goes through the details of like, well, he's really just a staff reporter at a yeah. local paper. He doesn't have any power. She goes through the intricacies of the yeah. the journalism business and how like really he has no power here. And it's like you said yeah. earlier, that's not that doesn't matter at all. What do you say about like? Oh, it's like if the con man doesn't yeah, have yeah. the musical <laughs> yeah. instruments. Yeah, the, the guy doesn't have the band instruments. It doesn't matter. He still stole your money. Like, yeah, like his <laughs> intentions to follow through are not like the part of the crime, right? And, like uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the fact that he wasn't going to help her in any way, had he been able to pull off this stunt, would have just made it worse. Like right, exactly. Again, like and, it has nothing to do with the. To your point about <laughs> these power imbalances, that is how fucked we are under capitalism. Mm-hmm. That. This minor, this infinitesimally small power imbalance between this staff writer at a local paper and a freelance journalist earlier in a career is so small and really worthless, but still, mm-hmm. still, just carrying just the hope that someone in this world could give you even the tiniest nudge up, just, just a contact inside mm-hmm. the system, that's what... Because we you don't have that and you need it. Yeah. And well, when the door is always shut on you, just the idea that somebody might crack it a little might open the peephole and yeah, like is, stick is... their dick through it like a glory hole. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, Mike's case. But yeah, like I mean, the, yeah, the the offer in any way for any help is you know I mean could be potentially yeah. like something. Now if, yeah. in this case, well, uh, you know she's. A, a lot smarter yeah, and, yeah. and has, like, a strong gag reflex. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, like, I mean, Katie's point seems to be that uh, because Talia was smart enough to realize that Mike was full of shit, that therefore it's not a crime. Yeah. <laughs> it's, or therefore it's not yeah. bad or unethical or something like that. Well, well she's and just asking like, questions, Brian. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, she doesn't come down on anything. She just always has the same point of view. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, it's fucking stupid. Like... And and again, I, and I think you're right. I think that uh, uh, you know, uh, in the in the Twitter parlance, if you looked at Katie's brain, it's just perfectly smooth. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just who looks for what's and she's like, well, I got a lot of clicks doing this thing, so now I'm just it well, keeps hitting the button. She now. has no worldview uh, except it's uh, her fetish. This is, except this uh, like journalistic epistemology fe- epistemology fetish, um, and so she is, I think, aesthetically progressive. You know what I mean? Like she, sure. On on the things that she understands to be like vaguely uh, left, she thinks that's where she is, and she and some of the things she is into. But like it, it's all part of her aesthetic identity because when you actually read her writing, she clearly has no analysis or worldview about anything. Which, <laughs> again. I she it like she she's like oh I'm, well I guess I'm the only alt writer who stumps for Elizabeth Warren and it's like yeah look look she has the right she has some right like good like p- p- political like opinions on some basic things but mm-hmm. like but Just, it's not backed up by fucking anything and which means like it amounts to nothing and there's no reason for her to be writing about anything because she can't fucking manage to say anything. All she managed to do is look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's a few things I, I wanted to say, too. Um, one, there's a Katie Herzog sort of bingo where she does the textualist uh, Scalia thing of, 
he never literally says that he's going to offer her a job. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Luckily, we know that in language, nothing's ever implied. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just all, There's never subtext. That's yeah, just no. one of her, like, litany. That's her, mm-hmm. one of her Picking favorite it apart. Moves, oh, so. yeah, absolutely. She, that, I mean, straight, like, the Jordan Peterson article. Like That, that was, was like, it in a nutshell. That, it was, that was just all this textualist, like... Yeah. Like, it's, there's no liter- subtext at yeah, all. He doesn't literally say that he's a Nazi, so he's not a Nazi. <laughs> in fact, he actually says he's not a Nazi. So, <laughs> right? Would a real Nazi say they weren't a Nazi? No. Yeah, God. But, like, that's Check what... T- you wonder, like, is she capable of, like, enjoying a novel? Or, <laughs> like, or read? a movie? Because she literally has no sense for subtext at all. No, not, like, a, not at all. I- so I did something really stupid. This is a bit of a tangent, but it is related. I listened to her appearance on Jamie Kilstein's podcast. I don't know if it has a name. This is the only episode I listened to. And uh, it was hor- horrific. But in it, she, which is funny, she talks about how she o- she's really striving to only punch up. And um, she's she and Jamie Kilstein are essentially talking about how they are galaxy brain centrists and they can talk to people on either side of the aisle and and, and there's no change so can everyone in america well <laughs> exactly but so they the, think that's so special they do and so that's the thing so thinking about her i think this is just the thing that gets her going it's like the fact that she thinks she can see the world from both sides is like this like special thing that she has when really I mean, like we just said, it's all, this is all hypotheticals. There's there's nothing there's nothing to doing both sidesism. Everyone in but America. This is her goal. No, yeah, totally. Yeah. She thinks that is like this is the reason to do it. She thinks that's a superpower to go. Guess what? There's gray area. Like, got you, motherfuckers <laughs> on the polls. That's her thing. Like, uh, that's the bit. What she doesn't get is everyone in America can and does talk to people of. <laughs> like absolute opposite political persuasion every we all have everyone has family everyone has friends everyone does that's a normal human thing some people smart people who write about social issues and politics or think about these things with subtler minds than hers can and do see things from both sides can understand where other people of other political persuasions are coming from can see why they have the opinions they do, can understand what they are, whether their feelings come from. She has never shown any evidence of that. That is a possible thing uh, that you can do. When you can do that, like, that's not a super, that's not a superpower. The rest of us have all, we can, we all see the gray areas, yeah. and we're, we talk about the important shit instead, okay? The gray areas yeah. is the shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. That That's, with like, her beat is... The shit that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> well, sure. Well, and, well, and her both sidedism is that like very particular liberal like bug of both sidedism, which is that look, I can look at both sides and realize they're both like morally neutral and like <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's not that other people don't see or like like I think a lot of people understand like what the yeah. alt right is about. They just That's see why them as it's repugnant. Bad. Yeah, like <laughs> because they know what they're about, they find them to be repugnant. Yes, and, and because it, they have a and because yeah. Uh, leftists have a worldview and analysis yeah. and a moral foundation. They believe things strongly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And want Nazis to jump off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> but in like, the case of this too, like you know, having been like a man for thirty-seven years, I un- I get 
what Mike's up to. Like, <laughs> like I mean, so, like I understand what he's up to. I just understand it to be awful. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I understand that he knows it's awful yeah, too, yeah. which is why he's you know. And she will say, and, and, and it's say... not subtle. This is not a subtle case. You know, like, so, so I feel like I, you know, I mean, that, that's the problem. Is Katie like chooses the most harebrained like idiot cases to do these things no but then all she does is like this like this like term paper this high school term paper litany of shit Mm -hmm. she's like well it could be this and then this she just every she did like a like a a brainstorm board and just everything she thought she just lists instead of having a a fucking point she's a land of contrast she could seriously she could have done this she could have sat down and really dug deep on this question of should our bosses be the people to litigate this shit? Should this, the mm. reporting people to their employers, is that the way to go? And yeah. taken that in a lot of different directions and thought about it in a lot of different ways in possible better futures and ways to organize things, problems with that, whatever. She doesn't do that at all. She just says, I don't know, is that really what we want? And then lists all this stuff that undermines the credibility of, like, this as a topic to even talk about, like, mm-hmm. is there are there any good gems to read in there that are really <laughs> just like? <laughs> I mean, not not really. Does she mention the exports and imports of? <laughs> it's just it's garbage. It's not worth reading. I mean, it really is just her trying to do a Sherlock Holmes yeah. fucking bit in her brain. And but I think it should be clear to the case a bad writer. Oh, she's awful. like she's not she's interesting awful. to read. Oh my god, god. she's bad. awful. Like, well, like I said, it's just it's a, a litany. It's like a the truly, first half of this article yeah. is this just it reads like a what, bad undergrads paper. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a, a bad like rehash of the thing that doesn't like get at anything. She's just like okay, just to fill you up on the basic details, basically, well, not like well, essentially, just to get it out of the way yeah, so exactly, I can exactly, so yeah, I can yeah, go into my like weird brainstorm. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, which is what makes it all the more galling that she, and let's be serious, at the stranger, is taking a spot of somebody who could be doing good writing. Yeah. Because she's just a bad writer from the technical sense, and yeah, her, her takes are dog shit. Totally. But she, t- gets, but she gets more clicks than a good writer probably would. And she's gone fucking national, man. And, yeah, yeah, and that's why... Uh, Papers are fucking doomed. Completely, and yeah. It, like, yeah, I mean, and The Stranger will just become as bad as every other, you know, arts magazine or whatever, weekly arts magazine in any other city. Like, it's going to cover nothing, and, you know, what little bit it does will just be these harebrained takes. Yeah, you know? well, and they're they're selling whatever credibility they had down the river with her. Every, every time yeah. she writes one of these, they just look worse. By the way, I mean, given kind of our conversation about Dan earlier, you can totally yeah. see like why Dan Savage lo- like oh, probably loves Katie. Yeah, Arizona. like I feel yeah. like they are a little bit peas in the pod, and I think that he also is like very dumb. Like when it comes to <laughs> he, when it comes oh, to like politics is. and like things like that, I think he's, he's also very dumb. And he probably agrees though. with her. Yeah, he's probably just like, oh yeah, there are two sides. Yeah, yeah. well, that's good, I mean, what a good point. That is what he said about Barry. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's there's... exactly what he said about Barry. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like congratulate me. I I view this person as human because I can't see the moral difference. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't see that Barry Weiss is, like, a dangerous yeah. racist yeah. shill. What? Yeah, yeah. The things that she does, like, actually could lead to and people getting hurt. Yeah. 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 It, it, that she is... But, it disgu- yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, Dan Savage, I mean, he looks at the story, too, I'm sure, and it's like, oh, well, this guy says something, 
and this woman says something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's really a he said, she said. Yeah, what, what can he do? You know, like, uh, we, we've covered it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it is, I mean, it's so bad. If a kid turned that in as a term paper, you'd be like, this is bad, you need to rewrite yeah, it. No, like, it you actually do have to make a choice here. Like, it's, you, you need to make a decision. It's horrific. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think she's going to go unless she oh, no. goes of her own accord. She'll get promoted out of the stranger. Like she'll be she'll be a New York Times columnist probably in like three years, yeah, four years. I, but well, like, I did learn something interesting from this podcast. She's moved out of Seattle. She lives on the peninsula now, or will be living on the peninsula. Oh, very fuck! Soon. I hope that earthquake comes. The Olympic Peninsula. Uh huh. The Olympic Peninsula. Uh, come on, earthquake! <laughs> no, wait. No. <laughs> That's going to kill us, too. Uh, I'm all in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all okay decided it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she'll get promoted out of out of The Stranger yeah. if she had. But, I mean, it's hard to even tell she has ambition, to be honest. But I think she's just enjoying being the, what she thinks of. And, again, funny enough, what Vanity Fair thinks of Barry Weiss, a provocateur. Oh, sure. That she, and she'll even say, I, I can't okay, remember... Here. I'm oh. sure all her friends let her know that she's very brave all the time. Okay, oh, yeah. This, this is brave right here. <laughs> I suspect that not so long ago, the response among most employers to charges that someone inappropriately hit on someone outside of work would be, who cares? Now get back to work. The downside of this hands-off <laughs> attitude is that it may protect and enable workers who act unethically, but still, do we really want bosses to be in the business of penalizing people for what they do off the clock? I say no. But... Plenty of other people would probably say yes. So that is uh, just, land of contrast. It's like really it's, exactly you what just said is. nothing. It's like some people mm-hmm. believe this, others mm-hmm. believe this. I don't know what I believe. That's Look at that's, you, right? I, all she's saying is I can see bo- all mm-hmm. possible sides. Yeah, she I thinks she's like have, Neo. I and have, all yeah. the rest of us are. She, I have a, still a, a third matrix. eye that yeah. sees the third way clearly. Exactly. And, and again, I mean, there is like an interesting story to tell there, right? Where you could be like, yeah, maybe this is bad, but in this particular case, where you leverage your job to yeah. do the harassing, like that makes it actually something different. It does that, involve your employer. Or that, but in another case, which happens all the time, <laughs> yeah. like these or cases that, are bad. This like, is a bad. Yeah solution for this in our society because other factors in our society are very bad and that need to be fixed a some kind of structure needs to change so that this isn't that is larger that also solves this problem and doesn't give this undue power to employers but under capitalism employers are the only thing that matters so completely you know well yeah and as as we mentioned like about the power of differential imagine as many women i saw on twitter were saying like imagine if you did work under him and this happened to you Mm -hmm. how how closed off you would most likely feel from turning him in or taking any action like talia was able to do not being under his his Aegis, I guess, in any mm-hmm. sense. Right, right, right. So she was free from this because right. she's on the other side of the continent, yeah. Yeah. like an up-and-coming freelance writer in New York who was being, who, into whose DMs had slided this slimy little <laughs> hobbit from Cher- the Northwest. Yeah. From, yeah. like... Cherubic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, she, she, he's dog shit to her. Yeah. Like, does, like... Yeah. But, yeah, exactly, ha- has obviously lot you know there are you know an infinite number of 
cases that that's not the case. Right. Uh, literally, probably happening right now, and oh, yeah. maybe Every even my, from Mike mm-hmm. Rosenberg. You know. Yeah. 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 We. we don't I know. mean, we'll probably see. One funny thing that I forgot to mention to cap this off is that Katie, for some reason, picked a picture of the Seattle Times that looks like something oh, is, the Allies would have blowed up in like 1945. This is the Seattle Times before the internet killed the newspaper business and reporters hit on each other in person. Which is to say, uh, you know, kids today, like, uh, you yeah. know, I... Just give me a, just give me a coffee, uh, you know. Oh, no, she, this, she, like... she definitely watched Mad Men and thought like the guys in it were cool. <laughs> yeah, she was like, yeah. Was like those guys are really cool. Like, what a cool, what a cool place to work. Cool dudes. <laughs> but like she, but but don't you get it? Like oh. she's able to take herself out of the cultural moment mm-hmm. and like see things with detachment. And like she can yes. see all the contrasts. Right. Yeah, exactly. she, she can see things from different perspectives, including in uh, temporally. And mm-hmm. it's like the the great part about it is she thinks that is a unique like gift she has that all the people who hate her don't. Um, well, when she looks on the world, it's like a kaleidoscope of colors just stretching <laughs> to infinity. Yeah. She's like, I see it all. It's all in front of me. <laughs> Um, all right. This is like, you know what it is? She is an admitted, like, massive pothead. And yeah. this is, this shit is very, like, she's having the dorm room conversation with herself. Over and <laughs> yeah, over. yeah, yeah, yeah. on the... She's like, yeah, but what if, like, you know, and what, uh, yeah. And she's but... like, good point, Katie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it's like Smeagol. Like, uh, yeah. the, the great scenes, uh, where he changes right. eyeline direction yeah. uh, back and forth, and yeah. like that's that's Katie in her room with her with herself and a laptop, is just having this stoned out of her mind, having this like thinking she's blowing her own mind like back and forth over and over again. What admitted fucking dummy. Well, admittedly for her, it's a great gig because these articles must take thirty minutes, forty five yeah, minutes, yeah. right? So it's you know we'll call it a, a full hour of work a week. And probably makes more than all the reporters on staff. So, I mean... Yeah. I guess good for her, for finding a a sweet grift to just fucking sign on to. Well, she's basically a collaborator. I mean, that's what she doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. She's... She all she does is carry water for people oh, yeah. that want her to be marginalized, that want her to be destroyed. And, and, and you know that, yeah. yeah, I get it. Like that's not your intention to carry water for those people. Katie. But that doesn't but matter. At some point, intentions. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Like, you, and it's you don't come off smart. You you look like an idiot and a jerk, and like you're standing for fascists. Well, the problem is there are enough fascists and, or that just say, creeps in this that case. That say, mm-hmm. Katie, this rocks, and like. You know, fascism does not have an ideology. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. This type of centrist, like, supposedly whatever, who doesn't actually have any worldview, who's just about, like, arguing things back and forth, is is a perfect tool for that. And it is a grift. And that, like, to, to me, like, the progression of fascism is grift <laughs> to coup to filibuster and like we're, we're in the grift stage like well with a, there's a lot of grifters out there now and like she's just a low level one who doesn't know what she's doing you know yeah, but like but, yeah yeah anyway yeah so the stranger rocks you should read it uh 
read Katie Hurts. <laughs> yeah, check her check her column out every week. It's pretty read, good. Listen to Blabbermouth and listen, yeah. listen to the shit that comes out of Eli Sanders' mouth. Like again, uh, well, we have to make a whole other podcast about <laughs> Eli Sanders. His obsession, like uh, no, <laughs> his obsession with the, with the fact that Antifa is actually the Ku Klux Klan, which he just will not drop oh my because because for him the defining feature of, of the Klan, like it's the Klan, literally, literally wear masks. Yeah, yeah and he's like, oh, they wear masks just like the Klan. One, nobody else, on, on Halloween, <laughs> Eli Sanders must walk outside and go Klan and run back in his house. Like it's like well, the Klan did things other than wear masks. I think that might have been the defining feature of them. But, uh, but yeah, same, he's, he's you know he, and, absolute and, fucking moron. But yeah. you know, well, God damn it, these people yeah. are awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Well, yeah. Was there anything else we wanted to touch on in this? Or... <laughs> no, I think we. Got yeah. Okay. Did. All right. Like, this uh, is all anybody should ever talk about the stranger. Yeah. Done. No kidding. So um, seriously, I wish. Well, go read Sidney Brownstone in KUOW. Read Heidi Gruber in uh, Seattle Times. Seattle Times. Read Rich Smith and Charles Madudi in read, The Stranger. Yes, definitely read. Check them out. Don't um, read anything else in The Stranger. <laughs> Well, that's a little other other, <laughs> other good reporters who used to work at The Stranger. Uh, Bethany Jean Clement is well, also yeah, writing the, the Times, is writing food. foods and other stuff. Yeah. I'm sure she just the... wrote about Canlis uh, extensively because oh, really? okay. the chef won a James Beard Award. Oh, really? So yeah, mm. she's at the Times. Where's Domin- Dominic Holden now? He works at some one of these internet things in New York. I think he was at okay. BuzzFeed for oh, really? a second, um, but I imagine got fired. Uh, Paul Constant <laughs> is at. Um, that, Civic uh, Skunk Works? Yeah, yeah. With, um, what's the guy, the, um, rich guy? Uh, Nick Hanauer. Nick Hanauer. He does the podcast with him. Uh, that, that's Goldie. Goldie does the podcast. And, and Goldie. Oh, they do both too? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's the three of them, I thought. Okay, yeah, it could be. Could and be. you know what? It's not bad. Um, no, it's, it's good stuff. Th- it's pretty good. They're not, they're, li- they're like... They're liberals, but like they're not. They're like you know that good liberal that exists. Well, does not exist. They're just rare. Brain dead. Yeah, no, yeah. they may you know they're. Well, just think if you see stranger on somebody's you know CV or whatever that uh, that's probably a good thing and not a bad thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they used to work there is probably a good sign. The fact they don't work there anymore is probably a better sign. <laughs> so go ahead and pick that up and read it. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. All cool. right. Well, uh, well, do we have any? We don't no have new anyone to thank. Even though we've been putting out, diligently putting out, um, we've fresh been in, content. We've been in the these content lines for so long, swinging our axes against the content, or <laughs> only the light of a Katie Herzog tweet <laughs> to, to light our way. <laughs> oh my god, right. that is some bleak shit. But yeah, give us your money, um, please. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Did I do good? Well, thank you again, Brian, for being uh, on the show. Okay, thank uh, you. Yep, thanks for yeah, having me, guys. You're you're very welcome. And uh, as Greg said, listeners, be prepared to hear more of Brian um, in the future. So. Yeah, now that I live on the boat, it's my boat, Squatters yeah. Rights. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 there's plenty of other boats in this marina for you to live on. Okay? We, we, mute, we did a mutiny. That is true, buddy. That's true. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Till next time.